I'm always uh, told uh, the children, the four of us, that we went out to eat, especially if it was uh, you know, a, a nicer restaurant. Uh, he would always encourage us to, to find out what the specials were. You know, to find out what the, the signature dish was of that uh, particular uh, restaurant. What was, it, what was it known for? And no matter, you know, what it cost, buy that, get that. Even if it was she-turtle soup, which, by the way, is excellent. There's a great little restaurant right on the causeway between Mobile and Daphne, Alabama. Uh, that if you go there, um, uh, I'm not sure what the name of it. It's changed names a couple times, but they still have great she-turtle soup um, there. And so if you get that, that's uh, what, uh, um, uh, what you want. It's not she-crab, it's she-turtle there. And, and it's, it's excellent. Um, and, uh, and, and basically what he would say you know, is if you're going to go to Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse, if, if you're going to go to Je- Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse, do not get fried chicken. You know, that was basically what he is saying. Well, what we're going to look at today is Jesus is, is finishing his conversation with the Sadducees and Pharisees. Pharisees and Sadducees. As he's finishing, those are the religious leaders in Jesus' day. And he's been, we've been walking through what he's telling them, how they are a dead church instead of an alive church. And so he's going to close his time with them in a sense saying, this is your signature dish. This is what it means to be my people. And, and if, if you don't do this, then you're not living out what I have, have taught you, what I'm leading you to do, and what I'm leading you um, to be. This is the signature dish of my church. The, the core difference between a living church and a dead one. It's Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse uh, 34, found on 804 in your pew Bible. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Dear gracious God, thank you for your written word. And speak to us through your word um, today, that we might be your living people. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here it is, the signature dish of the church. This is what the a church, a living church operating on all cylinders, this is what it will be forming and directing and leading its people to be. People of love. Loving God and with all they've got and loving their neighbor just as much as they love themselves. 
That, that word love, you, it's familiar, we throw it around a lot, and you probably even know the Hebrew and the Greek words for love. Um, the Hebrew, it's chesed. You sort of like to say that to clear your throat. Um, but that's uh, what the, the, the word is of, of God's, used most often of God's, loving kindness to his people. And then in Greek, it's agape. It's that, that love that is committed to the benefit of another. And, and, and really, the first thing we need to grasp in this passage is what is the meaning of love? I mean, what does that mean? What does Jesus mean when he says that? What's, in a sense, as we look through the witness of the scriptures, what does the scripture, how would it best define love? And it's important for us to, in our day because we have a lot of romance and emotion around love. We think that love means to like something a whole bunch. And that's not what Jesus means when he talks about love. It's, it's not primarily emotional. Matter of fact, when he says to love with your heart, your heart in Jesus' day was the seat of your decisions. It was your will. To say your heart would be to say your decisions, your, your will. Uh, to say to love with uh, your, your soul is like your passions, your longings. And to love with your mind was similar, with your, your intellect. Um, to love with your intellect. And so that was um, really uh, to love is not, to, we need to separate it from our today, that sense of emotion or romance. That's an important part, significant part for us today. But that's not what Jesus is focusing on. And as we look at the, the scriptures, what I would propose to you, that the, the best definition of love is to, to want and to work for the benefit of another. To do, to decide and to do for the benefit of another. That's what it means to love. To want and to work for their benefit, no matter the cost. To, to consider others more important than ourselves. Now, Jesus uh, told us um, uh, you know, that to love our enemies. Well, that right there... Uh, ought to tell us, huh, there's something about love that's beyond an emotion. He's not saying you need to conjure up a lot of likable feelings towards people who are trying to hurt you or harm you or oppose you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying what, what you need to do is to, to work for their benefit. You, you need to, to want and work for their benefit even though they're trying to hurt you. In a sense, and you, you've heard this before, you know, love is a decision that leads to action in the benefit of another. Jesus also said, help give us that the definition, that full-orbed sense of what love is. He said, you know, if you love those that love you back, if you, you, you love those who also um, are, are good to you back, if you, if you love those who in a sense can, can repay you, um, uh, if you love uh, others because they're going to love you back and it's sort of a, my, I scratch your back, you scratch my back, it's not a bad thing. But what Jesus said, and this is my translation, he, he, if that's the case, he says, whoop de doo Because everybody does that. 
You know, Jesus says, the pagans do that. The Gentiles do that. People that have no interest in me don't even know how to spell my name. They do that. I mean, everybody says, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the love that he demonstrated in his own life. A love that led him to love the Father, to to pursue God's will and plan, even though it wasn't... Remember Jesus in the garden when he prayed, not my will be done, but your will be done. And, And the Apostle Paul tells us that even though we were enemies to God, he sent his Son to die for us. And that he is then the ultimate expression of this kind of agape, biblical love, that he was willing to take our place. He was willing for our benefit to suffer the only truly, purely innocent death in all of creation. He was willing to take our place so that we could have his place. That is the ultimate expression of biblical, of Christian love, of the love that He is working in us. That we would love God with the same way that Jesus did. Now, so, so we, we grasp this love. This love is, is that we, we are sold out for the benefit of another. That, that's it. We're, we're sold out for them. So we want and work uh, for their benefit, for their best interest. And notice the, the, the first command is, is to love God and the second to love one another. And, and only the way Jesus can do it, he was asked for a singular greatest commandment, and then he works it out to have two and say they're the same, but this is the first one and this is the second one. And it's important to see that the first one then is that we love God with all that we have. And, and then the second one to love our neighbor like ourselves. And, and we know that... The, we, we have to, to do both. Um, to love God, at times, we, we know or we, if we just focus there, then we would say, well, let's not engage with the rest of the world. You know, let's, let's just continue to, to focus our attention on seeking and knowing and loving God. And we know that churches can focus there too much and they meet the criteria of being so heavenly minded they're of no earthly good. And we know uh, that we as well at times can, can focus, the, the pendulum can swing, the, you know, the, the seesaw can fall back the other way and we can focus too much on what's going on in the world and, and loving our neighbor but not t- being tied to and based in and formed by the love of God. And when we do that, we go more and more into that and the world just takes and takes and takes. And if we're not centered in, if we're not founded in the love of God, then what happens is we start doing good things not out of love but out of duty or responsibility or even in anger we do good things and then we might win a battle or two but we've lost the war because we're not out of love serving the world not out of love for God and love for for others so important to see that he, he puts those in that order, in that place. And, and, and so we know what love is. We see it's love for God. And, and then to note, the next things to note are the, the with statements. You know, to love God with. And, and this is where it really gets radical. You know, to, 
love God with your Sunday morning and maybe Wednesday night self. You know, to, to love God um, uh, with this part of your life. Yeah, no. He, he makes it clear and it says all three times. You know, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, basically, he wants it to be clear there is, there is no part of us that is not under the, the love of God, that we are not offering back unto God all that we are. As Apostle Paul says, that we are living sacrifices unto God. Every area of our life, is to be given in love for God. John, uh, in his, his first letter, says, you know, if you love God, then you, you do what He says. You obey His commandments. Uh, and as we seek to love God, then it means that we do what He's called us to do in every area of our lives. And really, um, uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us that if, if, if we love God, then we, we trust Him. We have faith in Him. And those go hand in hand, because why is it that we don't obey uh, rules or guidelines or laws that are given to us? It's because we think they don't apply, that they're unnecessary, that they really, we don't trust them. We don't trust the one that made the laws. We don't trust the, the rules that are given to us. You know, we trust our own wisdom and decisions instead of trusting uh, others. And, and so one of the ways that we, we demonstrate our trust and love and, and faith in God is that we say, you are the one that knows what is right and best. I want to follow you. I want to love you with my whole self. So I'll do what you say in every area of life. As well, with one that we don't trust the ones that we don't, when we don't have faith in, we don't love, we hide things from them. You know, when, with God, we're trusting, as we're growing in love with Him in all of life, then, then we don't hide some part of our life from Him. We, we don't compartmentalize something that's not um, of uh, uh, God's interest. You know, we, we bring it all out before Him, openly and honestly, because we, we are growing in our love for Him in every area, all aspects of our life. And, and in so doing, as we do that, we are working for the benefit of God. We are working for God's glory as we continue to give all of our life unto Him. All right, the second part then is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. That we then want to benefit others as much as I want to benefit myself. That's a crazy commandment. 
I, I can't get over that one. My, my, my life just, I, I, I hit that one and I just come to a screeching halt to take Jesus at his word there. To love my neighbor as much as I love myself. You, you see, I'm a pretty selfish person. You know, love myself, again, yeah, I love myself. I do a lot for my benefit. You see, that's, you see to, to love myself, if I think of it romantically or stuff, no, that's sort of weird, and I don't, and I don't know about that one. But if I think about love as I'm going to, to want and to work for the benefit of another, I do a lot of wanting and a lot of working for Drew. And Jesus isn't saying, don't do that. He's just saying, if you're going to do that, well, then I want you to do exactly the same for your neighbor. I want and I work for your retirement benefits as much as I do for my own. I care as much about what is in your bank account as I do in my own. I, I decide and do according to what is in your refrigerator as much as my own. My, my work and, and want for, for my own children's education needs to be equal to my want and work for your children's education. And for, for everybody's uh, children's education. This is a crazy word. I mean, this is one of those words that is the trajectory of our life that we are pursuing, that we're growing into as we continue to be formed by the power of God's Spirit, but one that continues to challenge me more and more every day. And this is the kind of, of, of call and command that Jesus says is, is our signature dish that messes up our lives. I mean, this messes with our life. This, this messes with me. And one of the ways that we join together and get messed up by the love of Jesus and living that out, how to, loving our neighbor, is for the next year or so, uh, the first Sunday of every month, we're going to put um, one, a picture of one of our neighbors in the hot off the press. And, and it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a picture of someone who's a, a part of the Hamilton um, County foster care system. And we figured one of the ways that we could love our neighbor is simply to be aware of the, the children in our midst who long to have family and that we could pray for them during the course of that month. It's just a step of awareness and prayer. And who knows that God, what God might arrange and lead for us to do as we're praying for um, Andwali and how uh, he might... Uh, lead and to love him but it's one of the ways and i'm telling you you read this there's no way to read this and not be broken you know, and to to feel um the pain of that and that's what 
Yep, love is. That means that we're also sharing the burdens and the pains um, of, of others. And so we'll be growing in that um, over the course of the next <clears throat> year and, and beyond, however the Lord so leads. So this is the signature dish of the church. And a, a love that is real. A love that may lead us in, in ways that, is, that can be painful, that can be hard. But this, this is what Jesus is saying. This is what is important. If you're going to make me say what's first and foremost, this is it. Notice he didn't say, didn't give a doctrinal statement here. He, he didn't talk about religious responsibilities. You know, he didn't, he didn't bring up in this the Sabbath. Didn't bring up the the, the Ten Commandments. He he said, this is it. This is the signature dish. This is the main thing. Now, the other stuff is good, but they're side dishes compared to this signature dish of the church, of what it means to be a flourishing, successful church in the eyes of Jesus. we're, We're growing in our Love, our desire and our doing for the benefit of God and in our wanting and working for the benefit of others that are around us. Now, <clears throat> I have a, a habit that uh, I'm uh, um, proposing that, that we make uh, a normal habit of us um, as a College Hill Presbyterian Church. And this is, again, I'm proposing, so I'm just going to start the conversation. I want us to, to start practicing and start engaging with this. This, this may be off base, so I, I'm, just, I'm sharing this for our involvement and uh, idea, to, a habit to help continue to form us into, into being a people that, that love God with all that we have and love our neighbor um, as we love ourselves. And I'm going to call it the C3 habit. Right, it, and it's around um, a part of our um, being a church without walls, of connecting. You know, that we, we connect, serve, and celebrate. I, I just want to look at the connecting. So the C3 habit, that we connect three different times in the course of a week. Okay? The first one is that, that we connect with God. I mean, I, and again, some of you, as I get through this, you're going to say, well, that's all there is. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's a habit that's the baseline habit for all of us. But that on a weekly basis, we're going to take time to get along with God. Five minutes or it can be an hour. You know, but start at five minutes and watch it grow. But that you're taking a time of you getting alone and connecting with God. Simply loving God by being in relationship with Him. Where, where you, you take a hike with Him, you, you, you pray with Him, you're, you're reading the, the Bible, you're talking back and forth with Him. But it's simply one where you are practicing being with God one time a week, just you, to connect with Him. So that's, that's one. Second, the second connection is that you connect with someone outside of the church. 
By outside of the church, I mean outside of the Christian church. You connect. You take one. There's one conversation that you you go on a hike with somebody, or you you go out to eat with them, or you invite them over for um, a meal, or you have you know coffee or tea with them or you you do something where you're spending you know 30 minutes to an hour with one person who is not part of the church of Jesus Christ I don't just mean this church but I mean the church in general one connection a week in that way I mean the first step of loving is truly to listen to another it's truly to, to be in relationship with another then the third, the third C, the third connection, is then you connect also with someone in a similar way. I mean, sort of just like with the, the second person, the same way with God. I mean, you're, you're being with someone who is inside the church. And by that, I do mean CHPC, this particular church. That you're connecting with someone in the church and well, add a little twist to this one, and they be somebody that's different than you in some way. They're different in their stage of life, different in their country of origin, different in their, their race, uh, different, and this one, really, I know I'm really moving from preaching to meddling here, connect with somebody who's different than you in their political commitments. <clears throat> yeah, I, I know, I, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but that you make, you, you intentionally, in those three ways during the course of, of a week have a C3 habit. Now we'll, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to, you're going to be sick of me talking about this over the course of the next several months. But that is our, our becomes our What would happen if that were to become the habit of the 340 people that gather regularly on Sunday morning in this place? What would happen if that became our habit? If that became one of them, well, this, this is just who we are. This is how, this is one of the, the, the simple ways that we're taking baby steps on this, this journey of, of being people that, that live out the love of Christ. It's just a habit that we try to form, the, the, the connecting those three ways during the course of a week. Now, there's. <clears throat> And I, so I challenge you with that connection, and I want to I want to hear your stories. I want to hear you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know because this is a, a habit that maybe needs to be refined, but one that we need to to live in um, together. This is the the signature dish then of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is what He has set before us. This is the measure of what it means to be my people. That you will be a people of love. And that, that love will be directed towards our Heavenly Father. And that love will be directed towards one another. And it will be a real love. Not just lip service. But it will be decisions and actions that are made for the benefit of others. That's a wonderful meal. Amen.